podcast i do apologize it's been a little bit of time since our last podcast it's actually been four days just like it was four days before that uh so i'm gonna continue to try to pump out a podcast as often as possible but it might be more than two days between podcasts these days uh we'll have to see how it goes uh but definitely the good thing about having such a long delay between podcasts is it creates a lot of stuff to talk about so we're gonna jump right in Uh, Going back to where we left off on the last podcast, uh, Donald Trump tweeted out, Time Magazine called to say that I was probably going to be named Person of the Year, like last year, but I would have to agree to an interview and a major photo shoot. I said probably is no good and took a pass. Thanks anyway. Uh, So Brienne uh, tweeted, responded to that. She said, Wait, is this how we ended up with Blake Shelton as Sexiest Man Alive? He's the only one who agreed to the interview and the major photo shoot. (laughs) So I thought that that was a good tweet. Uh, Patrick uh, Quaif tweeted out, Please be Colin Kaepernick uh, repeatedly. And I would agree with him. I think Colin Kaepernick would be an interesting choice uh, for Person of the Year. Uh, Patricia Arquette had another interesting idea. She said, The Man of the Year this year should be the women who came out against Harvey Weinstein. So that's another good uh, option there. Uh, And then Rebecca Berg tweeted out, it should be noted that a Time Magazine photo shoot gave us one of the greatest Trump gifts ever. And of course, it's paused right now, it's not showing, but this was the one where Trump was at his desk and the bald eagle actually tried to peck at him and he scurried away. Um, So unfortunately, that's not showing. Uh, but you can definitely check it out at twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. Um, so the last podcast we had, we talked about a lot of different things, but to reassure everybody, no, this podcast is never really the podcast that talks about where Richard Simmons is. For, to be honest with you, I don't really care where he is. That's a totally different podcast. Um, then there was an interesting argument I heard a few days ago about if China and Russia are still spying on people around the world and we someday in the US get the CIA not to, uh, aren't we then at a disadvantage? I never really thought about it that way, but that was an interesting perspective. Um, another thing that uh, was brought up in that same argument was uh, we like to think that the world has learned from people like Hitler and Stalin and how not to allow for dictators again, uh, but yet we have people like Kim Jong-un and uh, Vladimir Putin in the world today. So, you know, it seems like history just continues to repeat itself. Um, Uberfax tweeted out the Chinese weather satellite uh, Feng Yun was blown apart in a weapons test in 2007, nearly doubling the amount of space debris in existence. Uh, so can't remember if it was the last podcast, but there was a previous podcast very recently where we talked about uh, how there's so much debris out in space surrounding the Earth, um, and I think that was an interesting tweet there uh, by Uberfax. By blowing apart a Chinese weather satellite, it actually doubled the amount of space debris, uh, you know, ar- orbiting around the planet Earth. Uh, Uberfax also tweeted out the 1919 will of bitter millionaire Wellington Burt 
stated that his riches couldn't be paid out until 21 years after his last grandkid died. Uh, so that's pretty cold. Uh, pretty interesting tweet, though, by Uberfax. Uh, then my dad tweeted out a good one about the Maple Leafs. He was saying the Leafs would be better off paying the goalpost $7 million and getting rid of Anderson. I would tend to agree. I think there's so many games that you watch with the Leafs, and I know their defense isn't the greatest defense, but every once in a while as a goaltender, especially a goaltender getting paid more than $5 million a year, you're expected to make some clutch saves every now and then, and it seems like the Leafs will have a lead by like four goals to nothing, and all of a sudden, before you know it, it's four to three, and you're just like, well, how the hell did this happen? Um, and it's that type of inconsistent goaltending, and it seems like every time you watch him get scored on, it's on the glove side high. So it seems like every single team seems to know that that's how you beat this guy. And I don't know if he's trying to work on it or what the goalie coaches are doing with him, but it just seems like that is such a major flaw. And for a goaltender not to have a good glove hand up high, that pretty much makes you useless, in my opinion. Um, and, and I think when you see games go from 4 to nothing to 4 to 3 to overtime to maybe even you lose it in regulation 5 to 4, it shouldn't be that close. And you should have a goaltender that you can rely on, especially if you're going to dish out more than $5 million a year to have him. I think that money can be better spent on keeping key young players. You know, if they can find a way to remove Anderson from the team, I think that would be best for the team. I honestly think you put in any other goalie, even McElhaney, on a regular basis, and you will get the same or better results. Uh, if you put in a young kid in that, uh, you know, Garrett Sparks comes to mind, uh, you know, you might have an even better result. Um, so, you know, I, I just am not really a fan of Anderson or his inconsistency in that I certainly don't think he's worth the contract that they're paying him right now especially when you're gonna have young key players uh, like Nylander, Matthews and Marner uh, up for new contracts I think you gotta make some space for those guys and the best way to do it to me is remove somebody that's not really helping you in Anderson Uh, then there was this image which I thought was interesting from 1931 and it doesn't totally show up properly on the screen so you might have to go to twitter.com slash thejohndnewton to see it but this was the very first Rockefeller Center Christmas tree in New York City in 1931 uh, you can see St. Patrick's Cathedral is visible in the background on Fifth Avenue as well so a uh, really interesting picture there from History and Pictures uh, then there was this, and this does show up pretty well on the screen there. Uh, the Ducks uh, for Oregon uh, had a new uniform for their football team, and it was all green with yellow. And usually those uniforms look pretty ugly to most people, but I thought that that uniform looked pretty cool. Uh, this was their Week 12 uniform combination for the Ducks, so I thought you know it looked pretty interesting, so I wanted to share it on the podcast, because usually those jerseys do not look that good. Uh, then History and Pictures again, lots of great tweets from them recently. They had a good one showing smoke billowing up from U.S. warships USS West Virginia and USS Tennessee along Battleship Road during the attack on Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941. Uh, so a pretty scary looking image there uh, captured by History and Pictures.
Uh, then there was this on Meet the Press. Nancy Pelosi uh, was saying that Congressman Conyers, who's accused of uh, sexual misconduct uh, with several women, uh, several aides as well, uh, she was saying that he is an icon in the United States. Uh, so that video doesn't appear to be working, but again, you can check it out, uh, twitter.com slash the John D. Newton. Uh, to see the full context of what she was saying. But essentially what she was saying was she was defending Conyers, saying that he was an icon in the United States. Uh, to me, my opinion on this is this is the kind of hypocrisy that has the Democrats where they are right now, this type of weak leadership, if you even want to call it leadership. Uh, Conyers and Franken, to me, there's no excuse they should both resign. Uh, and send a message to Roy Moore by doing that that this shit is intolerable and indefensible on both sides. So this isn't a Democratic issue or a Republican issue. This is an issue on both sides. This is an issue that seems to be plaguing the entire country, if not the world. Um, and if you really want to send a message uh, that you're truly sorry for these acts, uh, I think resignation would be probably the best one. It's weird to me how uh, members of the media, you look at Weinstein, you look at, you know, in the news uh, with Charlie Rose, those individuals lose their positions, they lose everything, they become pariahs, and yet the people in government, they get to keep their positions for years and years and years to come. That doesn't make any sense. If anything, the people in government should be held even more accountable than the people in private life, in private companies, etc., and it seems to be the exact opposite of that. Uh, and this even goes back to, I've heard some Republicans uh, make the argument, well, you know, Democrats weren't talking about this with Bill Clinton. I think that that's specifically why people like Conyers and Franken should resign to send a message to the Republicans, to send a message to Roy Moore that he should also step aside. Um, and to also, you know, just kind of go back and say, no, it wasn't all right with what Bill Clinton did either. He should have resigned. You know, uh, it's not, to me, an issue of Republican or Democrat. It's, it's a moral issue. Uh, it's a bigger issue than that, obviously, with all of the allegations and, and everything that you hear going on in the news these days. Um, it just doesn't seem like the people in government are being held as accountable as people in the media uh, have been. Uh, so I, I think that for Pelosi to defend this guy and go so far as to say that he's an icon uh, was a little bit much uh, from Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Jay Caruso was tweeting about the same issue. He, he was saying that the problem with Pelosi and other Democrats circling the wagons for Conyers and Franken is uh, give a reason for people, or sh maybe it should say has give a, re a reason for people to do the same for more. Democrats will play it's not the same defense as if that matters. And I would agree with Jay. I think that, you know, if you want to send the message to people on the Republican side, especially Roy Moore, to step aside, you have to hold yourself into the same uh, level of account. You have to be willing to resign if you're doing stupid things like that as well and sure enough Franken and Conyers did that and I think that they both should resign and anybody on the Democratic side that tries to defend them I think it's absolutely ridiculous for them to then say oh but Roy Moore should definitely step aside 
it's total and complete hypocrisy, and it's why the Democratic Party continues to fail uh, in elections. They continue to fail just in terms of general perception. Uh, unless that Democrat is named Obama, every other Democrat seems to be viewed in a negative light uh, because of this type of weak leadership. Um, uh, so obviously that's not to say the Republicans are better than the Democrats. You've got Roy Moore, you've got the President of the United States, Donald Trump, facing similar accusations. Uh, Brandon Levy had an interesting thought about it. He said, sickening display of partisanship by the Democrats saying Conyers should stay in, taking the moral high ground and throwing it away. It gives McConnell an obvious reason to seat more if he wins. Um, it's true, but... McConnell has already publicly come out and said that he believes the women that are accusing Moore and that Moore should step aside. Uh, what's interesting, which I didn't know until I saw on uh, Vice News tonight, is that McConnell has done that in the past uh, with another Republican senator, and that person actually was forced to resign. So there's a bit of a history there. Uh, with McConnell when it comes to these types of accusations against other senators. Uh, so I don't necessarily know if he would seat more. Uh, so it, it kind of adds interest to this uh, issue. Uh, Josh Hammer, though, goes so far as to say Nancy Pelosi just helped elect Roy Moore, and it's hard to argue with that. Uh, just a really stupid move, I think, from Pelosi and from the Democrats. Um, at fact tweeted out a dolphin's nipples are located in its anus uh, if you're a fan of Joe Rogan's podcast you know that Red Band is a fan of dolphins so John Campbell tweeted out Red Band's head just exploded uh, so a couple of days ago it was the Grey Cup uh, for the CFL uh, and it was really the first time that I watched and I mean really watched uh, the CFL or even the Great Cup itself, and it was a fun game because it was like a it's like watching a Packers playoff game to me with the snowy conditions. Uh, it was very very fun to watch, um, and it was interesting to see how both teams played. Obviously, going into uh, this game, Calgary was heavily favored as the favorite. Uh, the Argos were very much the underdog. Uh, the conditions played a major major role in the game I think uh, but it didn't take away from the game like it actually made the game I think even more interesting uh, very close game uh, very interesting small things like uh, they were shoveling a lot because of the snow uh, and it was interesting because the CFL they've got their sponsors on the field uh, they actually were shoveling uh, sections away so that you could see the sponsors like Tim Hortons on the field um, there was also one moment uh, in the Great Cup where they were cutting to break and you could see a player charging into the cameraman and I was saying that's a great way to go to break with the cameraman getting killed. Um, then just a ra random uh, brain dropping, random tweet, uh, don't trust anybody that gets upset and asks did you read it or did you hear the audiobook? Nowadays either way like you're, you're getting, you're taking in the same, you're absorbing the same information. Uh, how anybody would be angry with you if you didn't actually read it, if you just read, if you just heard the audiobook, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, then uh, I was watching uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and they were joking when they were saying, when people ask, how's it going, 
uh, some people should respond and say air, breathing, shitting, death, bye. Uh, so basically not having any time to, to really talk. Uh, then uh, the Great Cup game itself, I thought overall just was like a really great game. It was fun to watch. Uh, definitely congratulations to the Toronto Argos. They were the underdog in that game, but they, they were able to persevere. Uh, and honestly, I think I might actually end up having to go to BMO Field now to watch the Argos play after that. Um, they did a really good job in that game. And hopefully, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of the CFL, if you're a fan of the Argos, uh, even if you're not a fan of the Argos, if you're just a fan of any team in the CFL, you want to see a team like the Argos do better for attendance. Uh, their attendance has been brutal, uh, whether that was at the Rogers Center or now BMO Field. Uh, you know, if the league is going to thrive and do well, it definitely needs its major market, Toronto, to sell tickets. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, if you're a fan of the CFL, if you're a fan of the Argos, this will help to build interest in the team and this will help to build uh, ticket sales, uh, which will ultimately help not just the Toronto Argos, but it will help the CFL as well. Uh, then a major part of this podcast is going to be about Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is uh, right now in the middle of making history uh, in a big time way. Uh, it only took Bitcoin seven days to get from being worth $8,000 to $9,000. How long, uh, Andrew People uh, tweeted, will it take for it to get to 10,000? It's already over 9,600 today, and that was on November 27th. Um, so what's interesting about this graph that they're showing is that it took 1,230 days for Bitcoin to become worth $1,000. Uh, and then to get to $3,000, it only took 77 days. Uh, and then to get to $9,000, it only took seven days. So it's showing you that as it increases in value, it's taking less and less time to do so. Uh, so it's growing at an unbelievable rate. Um, you know, to be honest, myself personally, I wish I did know how to invest in it properly because it's going to get out of, rate, out of reach for a lot of people very quickly. If this chart is any indication, it's going to start to get to a point where it's worth so much that only you know really wealthy people will be able to uh, buy them uh, which you know it's it's the point of Bitcoin ultimately is they've, they've made it that way they've made it uh, so that there's only a certain amount of Bitcoin in the world uh, after a certain period of time uh, so very much like uh, if, if, if the gold standard was still in place that would be what currency would be worth technically um, so it's interesting to see this with Bitcoin, and it's going to be interesting to see how quickly it continues to grow. Uh, Jamie Cox tweeted, uh, There is no price ceiling with the demand or supply set up in Bitcoin. Expect lots of headlines like this, and this headline said, $10,000 in sight for Bitcoin as it rockets to a new record. Uh, and also as the speculative wave really starts to heat up is what Jamie Cox is saying. So obviously... The more attention that Bitcoin gets, the more headlines it gets, the more speculation is going to happen with Bitcoin. Uh, to continue with Bitcoin, Bitcoin is now in the top 30 currencies in the world in terms of worth. Uh, so right behind Ireland uh, in terms of its currency. So that's pretty crazy.
Uh, there's another article, Is Bitcoin Really the New Gold? Uh, and it kind of goes back to originally with Bitcoin uh, when Laszlo Haniak paid for pizzas worth $40 with 10,000 Bitcoins in 2010. Today, 10,000 Bitcoins would be worth 95 million, actually over 95 million. Uh, so asking the question, is Bitcoin the new gold? Uh, it's definitely living up to the gold standard, uh, I would say. So, you know, if it, things continue the way it's going, I, I've, I wouldn't be surprised if it continues. Uh, and actually to add to that, Bloomberg tweeted out, now more people are searching for buy Bitcoin than how to buy gold. Uh, and it shows the chart there uh, just recently. So just going into October, October, November, that's when the search changed. That's when Bitcoin overcame gold in terms of being the most searched for online. Uh, Steven Russolillo tweeted, it's the FOMO trade, fear of missing out, drives Bitcoin past $9,000 in the fastest thousand point milestone. Uh, Charlie Bellello tweeted out, Bitcoin is up 874% so far this year. If it, were if it were to gain that much in 2018, it would be worth over $1.5 trillion more than the market cap of any company in the world uh, so that's huge and what he's saying basically is like if it grows by the same rate as it has this year next year it's going to be worth by the end of next year 1.5 trillion dollars remember right now it's currently worth just under 10,000 so that would be a huge leap uh, Charlie Bellello continued saying that Bitcoin's market cap just passed Disney uh, and it's showing the chart there and he's saying yes that Disney Mickey Mouse Frozen Star Wars Marvel Pixar ABC ESPN 12 theme parks 51 resorts 387 stores 195,000 employees and 55 billion dollars in revenue so it's surpassed Disney in terms of market cap he also added at 160 billion dollars Bitcoin's market cap just passed General Electric's. Yes, that General Electric's that was founded in 1892, once the largest company in the world, 295,000 employees, and $123 billion in revenue. Uh, so Uberfax tweeted out something interesting. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s dad was banned from the set of Jerry Maguire for asking Tom Cruise whether or not he was gay. Uh, so there's obviously a lot of speculation about Tom Cruise, the Scientology, Scientology protecting him, things like that. Uh, so that was an interesting tweet. Uh, it's interesting to see like Cuba Gooding Jr.'s dad was thrown off the set for asking him that. Uh, Uberfax also tweeted out, text message recipients rate period-free messages as more sincere and correctly punctuated messages as less sincere, research shows. To me, I just kind of look at that and think that's kind of dumb, but that's just me. Uh, then there was this interesting picture, which shows up really well on the screen. Uh, this is also from History and Pictures. They've had a lot of really good pictures uh, lately, so if you're interested, definitely check them out on Twitter, at uh, History and Pics. Uh, this was an interesting image of people walking over the Westminster Bridge in London with Big Ben and the Houses of Parliament visible through snow and fog in 1955. 
then there was a really crazy tweet uh, from somebody named Brian Kalbrowski. Now he's got a verified account on Twitter, so he's got some some amount of uh, verification of who he is. Uh, I have honestly never heard of him, but he has an interesting tweet. He says, besides the usual suspects, don't count out the Raptors or the Blazers in a potential trade for Marcus Gasol. Uh, so that would be very interesting. Obviously, the Memphis Grizzlies recently firing their head coach. So I responded to this tweet by saying, take that for data, which was what that coach said in the playoffs. Um, the Christmas Night tweeted out, honestly, Superman's mustache wouldn't have been a problem if they just would have given him that beard and black suit. Come on. So this is an interesting tweet. This is talking about the Justice League movie that just came out. Uh, and the actor, uh, Henry Cavilli, that played uh, Superman, he tweeted out before the film premiered uh, a black suit for Superman. Uh, so it really got a lot of people excited because they thought, you know, the death of Superman, if you follow that story, he comes back and he comes back with a beard and a mullet and his suit is black. Uh, it, that didn't happen in the movie. And uh, what did happen in the movie, though, was that Henry Cavilli was filming another film at the same time, and that studio did not allow for him to shave his mustache for that film. So what they had to do for this movie, the Justice League movie, is they had to digitally remove the mustache from Superman in every single scene, and Clark Kent as well. Um, so the Christmas night just pointing out wouldn't it have just been easier if they just had him grow a beard and have him wear the black suit, which is what technically, if they were following the comic book storyline, they should have done. Um, so Nerd Facts tweeted out uh, basically in agreement with that, uh, going back to that story, uh, that Superman almost died in his first battle with Doomsday at the end, his robot helpers took him away to the Fortress of Solitude and put him into a black solar suit to help him recharge over the time it took to recharge, he grew a mullet. Uh, so that kind of explains that story and, and why the black suit and everything. Uh, comicbook.com responded basically and they said apparently Superman's black suit was never going to be part of the Justice League movie. Uh, so my response to that is so basically the actor that plays Superman seems to be a bigger fan of the comic books and the storyline than the director was because if that was never even part of the movie to begin with that just shows uh, a complete ignorance of the story I think and it kind of shows you why people just didn't really accept the Justice League movie as much like they just don't seem to have the same level of interest in what they're trying to portray from the comics as the Marvel movies do they don't have the same sense of humor they don't try to get into as much detail as they do with the Marvel movies, it's just lacking so much. Um, and honestly, Henry Cavilli is probably one of the better aspects of the Justice League, along with Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Other than that, you know, maybe the guy that plays The Flash too, uh, other than that, like, th th there's just not much there. Um, and, you know, I... A lot of that, I think, goes to the director, it goes to the writers, it's just, it's not following what the fans want to see and what the comic book storylines say it should be. Uh, John Morosi tweeted out, uh, sources tell him that some teams pursuing Stanton believe the Dodgers are his first choice and that he will be reluctant to approve other destinations until there is clarity with 
Los Angeles. So it seems like if it's up to Stanton, he would like to go to the Dodgers. Of course, the Dodgers would have to be interested to bring him in. Uh, he's got a huge contract. Um, the Dodgers obviously uh, would like to contend for the World Series again next year, so that could be a possibility. Um, so very interesting story there from John Morosi. Uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out that knowledge is not the same as wisdom. Uh, so I think that that was a really good tweet as well. And CBS News uh, tweeted a clip of Al Franken. If you want to see it, you can go to twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. But what he said, Al Franken, was, To all of you, I just want to once again say I am sorry. I know there are no magic words that I can say to regain your trust and know that's going to take time. So he was saying that there's no magic words that I can say to regain your trust. And I say to that, sure there are, Al. I resign. Those would be the two magic words. Uh, then, uh, again, you know, if you're interested, twitter.com slash the John D. Newton, you can see the clip. Uh, Donald Trump uh, was presenting and honoring uh, Native American code talkers, and as he was doing it, he referenced Elizabeth Warren as Pocahontas. Again, uh, you know, there's not really much to be said about that. It's just really sad more than anything uh wwe creative humor said rest in peace burn it down so they've removed burn it down uh being yelled out during seth rollins entrance music uh which i think is a mistake because i thought that was a really interesting thing that they added to his entrance music uh tech meme tweeted out that youtube says it has terminated 270 plus accounts taken down 150,000 or more videos and removed ads from more than 2 million videos over the past week as it purges content that endangers children. So that's, uh, an, that's also a news item from Vice as well. Uh, so if you're interested, definitely check that out as well. Uh, WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, Going forward, Absolution will be the strong silent type. Uh, basically showing that Absolution last night on Monday Night Raw, they were talking a lot, particular page, and it just wasn't effective. Uh, so I think that that tweet is pretty right, I would say. I, I think that going forward, they're probably just going to attack other uh, superstars and just you know, not say as much. Uh, WWE Creative Humor also, they had a lot of really good tweets for Monday Night Raw last night. Uh, it, they had one for Bray Wyatt saying, I'm here. Bray Wyatt letting us know that we can use him in storylines or matches or anything other than wasting his time. And honestly, like it just feels like they're totally wasting his talents. Um, you know, and this is a guy that's gone as far as being the WWE World Champion, but just lately, and really ever since they moved him to Raw, uh, I honestly don't know why they moved him to Raw. I think he was doing so well on SmackDown as the WWE Champion even. Um, He's just ha- he hasn't done anything on Monday Night Raw. It's been brutal. Uh, same can be said for Matt Hardy. WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, Too bad Matt Hardy doesn't have a dark alter ego he can use to combat Bray Wyatt. Again, like they're, just, they're not using Matt Hardy properly. Uh, Botchamania 356 was released, so I highly recommend everybody check that out. It was a hilarious video, once again, from Matthew from uh, Botchamania. Uh, then... I had some thoughts on Monday Night Raw too. Uh, it was interesting because earlier in the show, at the beginning of the show, uh, Seth Rollins was asked whether or not the Shield was going to disband or if it's going to stay together. 
he said it was going to stay together. Later on that night, Roman Reigns was attacked by Samoa Joe, and Seth Rollins was nowhere to be found. So where's the continuity with that? Um, the other thing was uh, Asuka was in a match, and her opponent was saying that she knew how to beat her. Uh, and my response to that was, didn't she say that just last week? Uh, and sure enough, she did, and she got beat again. Um, Asuka, I think, as I was saying before, like she's just not getting over with the crowd on, on the bigger brands. Uh, and I'm not surprised by that. Uh, there's just... I don't see what the WWE sees in her. I didn't even see it in NXT. Um, you know, with Shinsuke Nakamura, it's different because he's got that charisma. He may not speak English that well, but the way he performs in the ring there's something there he can get a crowd to react Asuka just can't um and these matches that they have her in right now you know against Dana Brooke and you know whoever like they're just not they're not fun to watch they're not really doing anything for her uh, so Donald Trump was saying that the Access Hollywood tapes were fake, they weren't real. And Access Hollywood is saying not only is their tape real and not fake, but they will be airing the Donald Trump piss tapes commercial-free during Sweeps Week in February. Uh, then on Monday Night Raw, uh, Finn Balor came out to take on Kane. And it's hard to look at Finn Balor the same way when everything online is saying that Vince McMahon doesn't think that he can hold the Universal Championship unless... He's playing the demon character. Um, it just—it doesn't seem like Vince has the same faith in Finn Balor. Um, and WWE Creative Humor kind of ran with that. They said, when Finn Balor is the guy coming to your rescue, you know you're in trouble. Um, so I think everybody's aware of, of how Vince feels about Finn Balor right now. Uh, Joe Rogan tweeted out, the U.S. government shuts down Flat Earther's rocket launch, and he added... They should have let him do it and stream it on pay-per-view and then donate all of the money to NASA. Uh, WWE Creative Humor also tweeted, Amazing how we managed to delete Matt Hardy's momentum since WrestleMania. Again, just another wrestler that they just poorly have booked and, and written for, uh, similar to Bray Wyatt, uh, similar to Seth Rollins even. Uh, and WWE's uh, Twitter account, they were saying, I'm not sure the WWE knows what the word revoke means because they were saying that Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose are re revoking their Raw Tag Team Titles rematch clause next week. Believe that. I think what they meant to say was invoking, not revoking. Revoking means that the match wouldn't happen. Invoking means that the match does happen. Uh, then Matthew from Botchamania tweeted out, Miz is out filming, so Dallas and Axel got themselves a new daddy with Elias. Uh, and then he added to that, when Miz returns from filming and gets annoyed at the Samson tries, uh, he'll challenge Elias for custody of his boys. So I thought that was pretty good too. And this was really interesting. This was from Jonathan Jackson. Uh, he tweeted out a fun fact. The history of the NHL founded 100 years ago today can be tracked through just five players. So it was interesting how he did this. Yarmir Yager played against Guy Lafleur, who played against Gordie Howe, who played against Dick Clapper, who played with and against Cy Denony, who played on opening night. Uh, so just with five players, uh, you can trace the entire NHL history, uh, going back to the very first game, September 19th, 1917.
Uh, Donald Trump also tweeted out, meeting with Chuck and Nancy today about keeping government open and working. The problem is they want illegal immigrants flooding into our country unchecked. They're weak on crime and want to substantially raise taxes. I don't see a deal. Uh, and I just responded saying, definitely not with a tweet like this. Uh, good art of the deal tactics here, Donald. If by art of the deal you meant temper tantrums on social media as a grown-ass man. It's pathetic to me that this guy is viewed as the businessman, as the deal maker, and he's tweeting stuff like this, which clearly isn't going to get him or the Republicans anywhere. Uh, then there was this calendar uh, for 2018 with Justin Trudeau, and I tweeted out, does Sophie know about this? And then our last tweet for the day, uh, Johnny Gargano tweeting out, I've never been more thankful for more characters on Twitter than this very moment. And he tweeted out hashtag Porg repeatedly, and apparently they've got an emoticon for that Star Wars character. Uh, so thank you so much for watching the show, for listening, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.